Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blutville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We are in the last portion of our study of John's Gospel. We're at chapter 21, and we have been rejoicing with the apostles and the disciples at the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to read the last two verses of chapter 20 before we venture into chapter 21, the final chapter of the Gospel according to John. This is a conclusion as to why the Gospel according to John was written. Verse 30 and 31 of chapter 20. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. These two verses giving the why as to the reason that John's gospel was written, the purpose, if you will, the objective, the goal, it helps us to understand that we have not learned everything through this gospel about the life of Christ and what he did while on this earth, but we've learned a few things, and those few things are important for us to know. We also could take this as a text, and I'm sure it has been done countless of times, but it could be taken as a text, and then we could go through the other Gospels, and we could go into the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, really, and we could determine other things that Christ had done while he was on this earth, and we could add to the record. That's why the Synoptic Gospels were written, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And that's why Acts was written, not only to show us what the Holy Spirit was doing through men, but also to show us what Jesus Christ did uh, as he was leaving this earth. And so here in chapter 20, we see that these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Our faith has an objective, that is Jesus Christ. And it also has a result, and that result is life through the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And now we begin with chapter 21. This is considered by most scholars to be an epilogue. This is the risen Christ, the master of our service. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, 
and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth, and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, about two hundred cubits. And if you look that up, you'll find that 200 cubits would be 200 times 18 inches, or 300, well, let's see, 300 feet would be about what it would be. And so, they were about 200 cubits away, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. We stop our reading there at verse 11. This is such a rich portion of scripture. I do not want to bypass it. I want us to spend some time here. First of all, in this epilogue, we see that Christ showed himself here at the Sea of Galilee, or the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself to the seven who were there. That was Simon Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathaniel of, Ga of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee. Who's that? Who's, who's the sons of Zebedee? John? and Andrew, and two other of his disciples. There were seven. The two others were not named. Some would say that John was one of them, because he gives this epilogue. Others have made no conjecture. Some have conjectured one or another. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. So they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Notice self-will, human leadership and self-will give you nothing except toil and trouble. Human leadership and self-will give you nothing but toil and trouble. How do we know the difference between being led by the Holy Spirit of God and being led by ourselves. Well, if we're led by the Holy Spirit of God, it will never contradict Scripture in the least. 
whatever the Holy Spirit of God tells us to do will always be grounded in Scripture. Also, we know that anything that we're told to do by the Holy Spirit of God will reflect in good upon Christ Jesus. It will not reflect with ill favor or ill will toward Christ, but will reflect with good things toward Christ, a good opinion. And we also know that the Holy Spirit of God will never cause us to go beyond what we can do. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't stretch ourselves when the Holy Spirit's guiding us. In fact, we do. And it doesn't mean that sometimes we think we're beyond ourselves because we are beyond ourselves if the Holy Spirit is leading us. But what I am trying to say is that the Holy Spirit of God will never lead you beyond his ability to take care of you. Never. Never. And so in this self-will and this human leadership of Peter saying, I go a-fishing, they received nothing for their labor except toil and trouble. But when the morning was now come, verse 4, Jesus, this is the resurrected Jesus, stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. The answer was correct. The answer was truthful. It wasn't, yeah, we had 15 and they got away. It was, no, we've caught nothing. I can remember, especially as a child, going with my uncles, going with family members, and we would sleep out on the bank at night. I'm sure I did more sleeping than fishing because they were the fishermen, and they would stay up all night fishing. But I had a little pup tent, and I would crawl in the pup tent and go to sleep at about 11 or 12, or it seemed that, that late to me. And uh, my lines would stay in the water, but they would be totally barren of any bait when I arose the next morning. But I can remember sitting there by the campfire, by the, the rods and reels, and by the lines, and I can remember talking about fish and how to get them, and what to do with them, and how to clean them, and all that went with it. My uncles were big fishermen, and they enjoyed talking about it. And they always talked about, oh, I almost got this one, or this is the big one that got away. They always had those fishermen stories, and if I watched carefully, the outstretched arms would get longer distance between them uh, every time they told the story about the one that got away. But here, the disciples, the apostles, were willing to tell the truth. Have you caught any fish? And the answer was, no. Even to this day, what is the question most asked to those that are out fishing by folks who are coming upon them? Have you caught anything? Have you caught anything? If they say no then it's, well, I'm sorry, hope you do better. If it's, yes, I did, then you say, well, where are they biting? What are they biting on? You start asking more questions. Here, the answer was no. This is self-will being shown. It's barrenness. You cannot decide to do things on your own. Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, not yet indwelling these believers, 
But the, the work of Christ and the word of Christ had not said, when you are uh, finished with being afraid because of my resurrection, you'll be empowered, then go fishing again. He didn't tell them to do that. They did this on their own. And notice that Peter is the leader. He said to them, I'm going to go fishing. And they said, okay, we'll go with you. And the result? Nothing. Now, what is the result of Christ-directed service when we follow the directions of our Lord? Well, of course, it's bounty. We always have a great catch when we do what Christ has us to do, when we follow his orders. Verse 6 of chapter 21 of Gospel of John, And he said unto them, that is Christ Jesus said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. What's the difference? The difference was as simple as the other side of the boat, but it was more simple than that. It was not self-will. It was not their own desires this time that had them fishing, but it was Christ's direction that had them fishing. And so they cast the net, and they could not draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now we see that John was on board this ship, this boat, uh, because he speaks to Peter, and he says, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him. That means he put on his, his uh, outer tunic, if you will, because he was out there fishing unencumbered by clothing. It's night. He's uh, not worried about people seeing him out there on the, on the lake. And uh, he was not clothed. Now, there are scholars who will tell you very quickly that he was not truly naked, that he had on a loincloth or something similar, some sort of underwear, and that's what he was working in, and that uh, is to be explained, perhaps. Uh, there are others who would say that truly uh, the Scripture says he was without clothing, and he was without clothing. In whatever case he was in, he put his coat on before he jumped in the water, and this was his out, outward or outside uh, tunic, if you will. And he did cast himself into the sea. He jumped in to the uh, Sea of Galilee. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. So Peter, uh, they were about 300 feet out. Um, that's about 100 yards. It's about 200 cubits. And so Peter swam to shore, and the other fishermen, the other six that were there in the boat, simply worked hard to get that boat uh, into land. And they were dragging the net with fishes, and the net was totally full because Christ is the one that gives us the result of a huge catch because we are doing what he has directed us to do. No longer is it self-will, but it's God's will that we're following. It is Christ-directed service, and the result is always 
magnificent. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Now notice what Christ had already provided and prepared for them. He prepared a fire to cook fish. And there was fish on the fire, being broiled right there. And there was bread. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, provided a meal for these who were there toiling all night. And Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three, and for all there were not so many, uh, that there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Now there are a couple of things I want you to notice here. First of all, they had a hard time dragging 153 fish in the net to shore. It was a difficulty, it was a hard task. And it says they were dragging the net with fishes there in verse 8. And when Simon Peter, who had swam to shore, uh, went up to the boat and pulled the net in, he did so because of his strength. Quite a strong man, obviously, even though he had been walking with the Lord for over three years, three and a half years or so, he had not lost his musculature. He was still a very muscular man, and so he pulled the net himself. It does not say that the others helped him, although they may have, but he was such a strong man, he pulled that net of 153 fish and the weight of the net and pulled it to shore. And then they counted the fish. Now notice, Christ and we who follow him should always be concerned about keeping count. Now that's not counting numbers because uh, when it comes to salvation, because I cannot tell you uh, if someone is truly saved or not. I can tell you that there were so many that came uh, to pray for uh, their uh, remission of sins to pray for salvation. Uh, but I can't tell you how many are saved. I can tell you how many came. I can tell you how many were in a meeting. Uh, there was a desire to know the number of fish. Now there's some who teach us that the number of fish, this 153, was important because it was the number of nations to be brought in in the last days, to be brought in to the church, to be pulled in. Now, there's some who say that and who have taught that in the past. I've not heard them teach it lately. Uh, we have 200 and some nations, uh, I think, represented in the United Nations now. At least they're mentioned, whether they're represented or not. And we have splintered the nations from, you know, some nations that used to be one nation are now five nations. But um, anyway, that's what some scholars have said in the past, is that this 153 number is important because it speaks of dragging in these 153 nations into the kingdom. 
However, what we do know is that this was a miraculous catch of 153 fish. And we do know that whether this is used as some uh, look toward the future or not, it was an absolute miracle that they had so many fish and the net was not disturbed. It was not broken, even with all those fish and all the tugging on the line. You see, when Christ directs our service, the result is a magnificent situation with no toil and no trouble. This is a presentation that Christ gave to them 153 fish for their labor. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.